foot enthusiasts, minimal footwear lovers, or anyone trying to fix your own feet, I'm heading to North Carolina this May to lead a live, in-person, three-day retreat all about feet. I'm going to be at the Art of Living Retreat Center, which is up in the mountains of North Carolina. It's so beautiful there. And are you ready to hear what I'm calling it? The retreat is called Healing Your Soul, a stepwise approach to building forever functional feet. That's so good, right? If you want to learn all about how to take care of the muscles, bones, joints, fascia, and nerves of the feet, and learn how strong feet and ankles relate to sustainable hips and knees, this event is for you. In addition to the classroom and movement time with me, you're on retreat. So there's delicious meals, a nature-rich campus that you can explore on foot, and plenty of time for rest and relaxation, all included. A retreat is a perfect way to care for yourself in the moment, but also in the future. You are coming to learn a massive toolkit of information. So whether you're a competitive runner, a dynamic ager, or a healthcare practitioner, this is a weekend full of movement for you and your feet. And like I said, you're gonna leave with a toolkit and a big swag bag that you can use to train your feet for life. For more information about the movement sessions, the food, the center, head to my website, nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat. That's nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat. This is Katie B, and you are about to listen to an early episode of my podcast. Now the show is called The Move Your DNA Podcast, and you can find all episode transcripts and the show notes to this episode at nutritiousmovement.com slash podcast. Enjoy. You're listening to Katie Says, the podcast that helps you become aligned and well. Join us for conversations with Katie Bowman, biomechanist, creator and director of the Restorative Exercise Institute, author, teacher, blogger, mother, and total body nerd. Understand the mechanical causes of modern ailments, learn how to fix them, and restore yourself to a more functional state of natural human movement. We hope you find the general information on biomechanics, movement, and alignment informative and helpful, but it is not intended to replace medical advice and shouldn't be used as such. And now, your host, Danny Hammett. Thanks for listening. I'm Danny Hammett, and I talk with Katie Bowman each and every show as she answers your questions about alignment, health, biomechanics, and all the good bits in between. Hey, Katie. Good morning. How's the weather right now? A little overcast, actually, and, and I'm, I'm happy for it. Yeah, it's been kind of warm there in Washington, right? It's been really hot. It's been, like, uncharacteristically hot, but I, I think it's also more we just came back from a few weeks in California where it was dry, dry, dry. And I, I mean, since I've been gone for three years, it's gotten that much more so. And so I've just... I don't know. I'm a Washingtonian now. Like I like, I like cloud cover. I like moisture. Who knew? Moisture is important. Yeah. It's kind of essential. Yeah. It matters. It matters. <laughs> okay. So every show you answer one of my kooky questions and it's just a fun way for everybody to get to know everybody. My hope is that people listening will ask someone the same question that you and I ask each other and the world will just be a friendlier place for it. So are you ready for today's question? <laughs> 
Yes, I'm scared. Don't, don't be. This one, <laughs> okay. this one is awesome. If you could be one for just 24 hours, what cereal box cartoon character would you be? Oh, my gosh. Um... <laughs> And this um, can be one from your childhood. If it's a cereal they don't manufacture anymore, that's fine. But you and I are the same age, so. Yeah, and we don't even eat cereal. I haven't eaten cereal for years. Yeah, but, but I know I you liked say, it when you were kids. So. I did, and I loved sugar cereal when I was a kid because we were forbidden right. from having it. Yeah. So we were not allowed sugar cereal, So, which means, and all you parents, including myself, like anytime you ban anything in the house, essentially means that your kids are just going to go over to some other kid's house and then only do that activity for seven hours in a row, or in my case, go eat all the sugar cereal at my friend Susie's house. Yes. Mine was Kraft macaroni and cheese. So oh, that was my that. banned substance. So, <laughs> so I would say that what popped right into my head was the, um, tricks bunny. Like, <laughs> I don't know why. I don't, I don't know why, but, um, I can't imagine what he's just basically being told no all day long. Right. Yeah. And called silly. And he's pretty inventive with his schemes. He's yeah. very inventive with schemes. Yeah, I would say that maybe that's me. Okay. I mean, the other one is, uh, I don't know, how about you? Uh, for me, it was Toucan Sam on the Fruit Loops. Oh, um, follow my nose, it always knows. Well, he lived in the jungle all day, and that just seemed so cool to me. And he could hop from tree to tree, so that's my choice. But he's also kind of obsessed with fruit-flavored sugar cereal. Oh, and the bunny wasn't? The silly wabbit. Yeah, no, I know. I, I, I don't, I'm not saying that I'm superior at all. I was just saying, like, I just want to go back. I want to change my answer. Now I'm thinking maybe the leprechaun from, uh. Yeah, Lucky the, uh, Charms. Lucky Charms. Sure, he was paranoid, though. He was paranoid and, 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 you know, that was a very fake Irish accent. <laughs> so it was offensive. Not only was he annoying, he was also offensive. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, okay, I can't wait for your next question. Oh boy, I have got a slew of them too. I can't, I can't wait either. And there's no way of training. It's not like like people going on Jeopardy can at least research this stuff. I've just like that's never on Jeopardy. What yes. kind of? That's great. And next time, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay, I'm ready for it too. Okay. It's 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 all about getting to know everybody. Right. So I like that. And and if you're listening to this, just hopefully you'll go home and ask your significant other or your coworker about what kind of cartoon character on the cereal box they would be. So today's subject is something I am so excited about because I've wanted to just talk with you individually about it for some time. And I've had all these questions and I'm just beside myself with like a geeky fervor because we're going to discuss standing workstations and dynamic workstations today, different than what most of us use workstations you wrote a book that is not yet released called Don't Just Sit There. And I guess it's coming out in the fall. Yeah, hopefully. It's okay. an it's an ebook and it's part of a it's part of like a big multimedia project that I'm doing with um Mark's Daily Apple, Mark Sisson over at Mark's Daily Apple. Awesome. So I wrote the book component and there's video, um a video tour like I basically made over the offices over at Primal Blueprint Nutrition and went and checked out Mark's house to see um, if we could implement everything. So all of that's on film and like Mark's just talking about all these things and um, questions that he had and he just had some really great ideas and this was his brainchild and he asked me to write the book part of it and host all the video parts. So it's been it's been fun. We had a really good time creating it and hopefully it's out September or October. Keep our fingers crossed. 
I am so excited. I You actually sent me kind of a, a draft that I could read through, and I can't say that I've ever had a better time reading through your stuff than last night, and I love your books. But this one, aside from the typical belly laughs and hilarious um, <laughs> the way that you write, it's it was your most digestible way that you have cut up and presented material. And I really think you're going to reach a lot of people with this. So psyched. I was like wiggling my foot like a hungry lamb's tail while I was reading it because I was just so worked up about it. So I can't wait till it comes out. Thank you. Thank you for writing it. And now let's talk about it. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. So you just mentioned that it was Mark's brainchild. And you have kind of written this at the same time that you were writing Move Your DNA. Is that correct? Yeah, you know, I I, mean, my, I would say that what I spend most of my time writing, as many of you listening know, are blog posts. And it's really hard to present a comprehensive uh, argument and solution in a thousand words. And so I've really enjoyed writing Move Your DNA, which is the big book of everything, because it's the first time that you really had, you know, a few hundred pages to follow logically through something as opposed to the blog, which is kind of all over the place. So again, though, in the book, because really every topic can be its own book, when I finished Move Your DNA, I had certainly mentioned this core, I mean, I had really fleshed out the core principle of there is no one best static position. And I applied that to everything, whether it was, uh, you know, human development, whether you're talking about your kids or, you know, you, you yourself as an adult and how you spend your time. But the fact of the matter is most people still spend most of their time at work, like gag me, but that's true. Like you are going to be at work or doing whatever it is your work. You're going to be on your computer really more often than you're going to be doing anything else. Um, any one thing, you know, if you're tracking the amount of time that you were doing it. So when Mark had asked me to do a book on just workstations, I was super excited because then Move Your DNA is there as a reference with like all of the uh, more uh, biomechanical argument and science and genetic information laid out there. But now I could actually write a solution to the, do, to the workplace. The only problem was I was working on the writing of Move of uh, Don't Just Sit There while I was working on the edits and putting Move Your DNA to bed. So it's totally insane to work on two books at one time. And I know that you're a writer so that you can understand like the brain space to do two projects at the same time. I, I just told everyone, I was like, just put me in a closet and lock the door. If I ever attempt to do this again, it was just too much, but it was awesome. Cause I got to explain standing and sitting and lying down. And as the onion pointed out, fetal workstations. Oh, that was good. I actually had assumed that you'd pulled this work out of move your DNA. No, um, not knowing that it's, it was Mark's project, because it's just, I mean, it really is intertwined with a lot of what you're talking about. No, I wrote it entirely fresh. It's all fresh. Material. Wow. And it's, it's quite long. I mean, it's probably the equivalent. It's like three bonus chapters to move your DNA. Like it's three full chapters of, of, you know, long book chapters. It's, you know, what I think by the time it's laid out, it's going to be the equivalent to a almost a hundred page book, which is, you know, by ebook standards, it's quite long. It's, you know, it's a shorter for publication book, but it's the most comprehensive thing ever written on 
on making over your workspace. I can vouch for that. And what I was thinking about on my walk this morning when I was thinking about what I read yesterday is that you are very bold and brave because I think what this book is going to do is kind of take us in a quantum leap because we're still trying to convince people just to get off their rears. And everybody's kind of saying, okay, well, we'll stand all day then fine. And you're saying, let's not spend 25, 30 years learning that this doesn't work either. Let's just take this leap over standing all the time and realize that you can't be static, that you have to be moving and be dynamic during your day at your workstation. And that's really bold and really cool to kind of try and save our culture a 30 to 50 year learning mistake. Yeah. Because that's kind of how we operate. I mean, if somebody says, well, wooden shoes aren't good. Okay, well, we'll have these kind of shoes. And then for 60 to 100 years, we we do this. And and then you kind of come in and say, well, you don't need these shoes at all. You don't need the support. Well, that's tough to swallow. And we've got to make up and fix all these ailments that we've accrued. And you're kind of trying to save us from that. So you're like a superhero in a way (laughs) to me. Um, I'm like a, I'm like a, maybe a cartoon off a sugar cereal hero. Obsessed, obsessed even. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But your accent's real and you're not annoying. So you've got that going for you. There you you go. There you go. Mm -hmm. Well, it depends. It all depends on the listener. I'm sure there's someone in a place that is not the United States is going, oh, that accent is horrible. Oh, she's so fake. (laughs) But I think also, I mean, I wanted to point out too that, yes, I think that a big, a big message of. Uh, don't just sit there, is that the solution that we've come to with respect to the workstation is we've set it up as the position of sitting to be the problem. And so, um, like you were saying, kind of in your, um, I don't know if it's a metaphor or an analogy, but you'd probably know when you're, you're linking it to shoes. Is that a metaphor or analogy? I did. An, 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 an analogy. analogy. Yeah. Um, so you're saying, you know, when you, when, you, when you look at research, and this is the problem that I would say that most people have with research, is um, why correlation and causation aren't, aren't the same thing. You know, if you do a bunch of research on people who wear wooden shoes, and you're like, oh, your feet are wrecked, your knees are wrecked, your back is wrecked, you... You can you can see that maybe if it's a population of people who wear wood shoes, you don't know if it's the shoe or it's the wood. So so then a logical solution would be like, great, then we are going to start wearing shoes made out of pillows. And then you have 10 or 15 years. And, and the problem with evidence is that would look like an evidence-based decision. It's like we are using evidence to show that wood shoes are problematic. So therefore that supports our decision to move to pillow shoes. And it does. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's biologically plausible, but it does, you know, it is a way to extrapolate a behavioral change from some evidence. And then you have pillow shoes for a long time. And then you've got all this research and, you know, people who wear pillow shoes have maybe different problems, but maybe they still have problems. And you can go through many, many cycles of this before you before someone sets up some sort of study to notice that it's like it's the shoes, and then really it might not actually be the shoes that shoes, but it might be the lack. I mean, with with biology, there's not just what you do; there's also what you don't do. So I'm not really necessarily convinced that wearing shoes itself should be blamed as the problem as much as our habits of not going without shoes. Wrap your head around that. 
Well, that actually kind of leads me to what you said so many things that really were memorable and made me think. One of them was, um, I'm going to quote out of your book, okay? You said, what makes a chair good is the frequency with which you choose not to use it. Spend your energy on improving your musculoskeletal health, not on a device that makes your tissue weaknesses less uncomfortable. Discomfort is nature's way of letting you know that something is wrong. Wow. I know. And you wrote that. (laughs) That's just, wow. I mean, we all, yes, we say to people that we're trying to help, well, pain is a signal. But you look at, in our culture, the ways that we try to make those tissue weaknesses less uncomfortable. I I guess I never thought of it in that way. It's a very, even though this word's really overused, a very proactive approach by saying, don't just make the weaknesses less noticeable. Focus on building up that health and that strength. it's a point of view. I mean, I would say that a lot of people spend a lot of, they, they think that the pain that they're having is the problem instead of the signal. But um, did you watch the World Cup? Are you a World Cup fan? I soccer fan? like soccer. We don't have TV, so I did not. Oh. We don't have TV either, but for some reason, my husband made sure that we saw it streaming on the internet. Anyway, my whole point, I had um, written something else about this, I think, on Facebook last week, which was the end of the World Cup. Um, where there's this new surgery where if you have some sort of foot pain, the surgery is an injection of sorts to get rid of the pain. And it's for, um, according to the article, people who like to wear, who enjoy wearing high heels where that's, you know, this is something that facilitates that. And I had written kind of a little blurb where pain is nature's yellow card. It's nature's way of throwing a yellow card. So in, in soccer, your yellow card is, it's like a warning. But if you get, did I say yellow card? Yellow flag. You said yellow uh, card, which sounded like Candyland to me. So, I know. But, you know, I don't know You know much. what I mean? Yeah. The yellow, yellow flag. The, the yellow one. Caution. Pay attention. Flag. That yes. one? Yeah. But if you get a yellow and you don't really change your behavior, you get a red and then you're out. And there's, and there's nothing you can do about it. So I had kind of thrown that out there as like our search to turn off the yellow cards is a sure way to get a red card. And there ain't nothing you can do about a red card. When you're out, you're out. And there's no surgery to fix a red card. You know, there are there are people who, you know, a lot of times have a red card will tell you that they spend the rest of their life really just dealing with this issue and trying to control it. The, the, the point of fixing it isn't really even um, something in their mind at that point. So heed the yellow cards, heed the fire alarm, heed the signal, get out of the house. Don't search for how to turn it off. And pay attention to the yellow flags too, because well, that's fire alarm, fire alarm and yellow flags, the warnings, the alarms, those are letting you know to change, to change something. I see lots of people with red flags that have been given the red flag and I, I so, you know, there's no point in wishing what you could have done, but I really, I'm always hoping to catch the yellow flag people before they hit red flag. And also, just for those listening, a lot of people think they're at the red flag stage and they're actually at the yellow flag. So don't let our crazy discussion about flags discourage you because, because, you know, as long as that piece is still there, that body part is still there, those nerves are there, those muscles are still there, you're, there's still plenty of, um... I don't want to call it backpedaling, but forward motion that you can do to improve those areas. That was, that was, I just wanted to say that. Hallelujah. Hmm. That was good. Okay. Well, speaking of static positions, I don't know about you. I've been 
stretching my calves and rolling on a pinky ball, but I think we need a stretch break. Oh, I've been stretching this entire time. So let me just tell you what I'm doing right now. Okay. I'm I'm sitting in a V sit. So that's like where uh, your legs are spread out in front of you wide. Um, I'm on a pillow because that helps me get a little tilt of my pelvis, which kind of changes um, the stretch in the hips. So if you're really tight through the hamstrings, um, sit up on something and you can sit way high. You don't feel like you only have to be two or three inches. Like if you need to sit in a chair, feel free to sit in a chair and do a wide, wide V sit. So if you're listening, you know, sitting in a chair or if you're out on a walk, you can also just assume a straddle position. And then if you're on the ground, you can lean forward. If you're in a chair, you can lean forward. If you're standing, you can bend forward. So go ahead and do that, which is going to put my head under the mic. So I'm going to go around here. Uh, and then you can shift your torso from right to left. Um, or you can, if you're sitting on the floor, you can move your upper body from right to left. If you are standing, like say you were out walking and listening to this and well done you, you can shift your hips from right to left in that straddle kind of forward bend. And you'll feel no matter how you are shifting your weight from side to side, you will feel kind of a wave of load pass through your right and your left leg. So are you doing it? I am. I'm doing the standing version. How's it feel? Pretty good. How's your right side compared to your left? Are they different or the same? Uh, I have kind of a cranky, a little bit of a cranky side from past accidents and, and stuff. <laughs> I think everybody might have, you know, a funky side. Yeah, I have a cranky, cranky side from 3 p.m. to 10 p.m. Huh. Can that be my, my cranky yeah, side? <laughs> it can. Yes, it can. That feels good. Oh, that was great. Oh, thank you for that. Thank you. Um, and that actually kind of brings me to another cool thing that I, well, I think it's cool that you wrote. You said in the book, you'll want to build small actual walks across the earth into your workday. I think you were referencing treadmill desks. Mm-hmm. Um, walk for three minutes every half hour of your eight-hour workday. Now, that's just so simple. I, I don't even know how to digest it, but it was so simple. And you say, if you do this three minutes every half hour of your eight-hour workday, You'll have been moving for an extra 48 minutes every day. I can't tell you how these three-minute health breaks adds up, but they really do. That's such a simple solution for anybody. Three minutes. More people spend three minutes on Facebook or checking their email. I mean, three minutes for every half hour that you work, that's easy and simple. And to have almost an extra full hour of added movement into your your day, what a great tip. Yeah, I'm just thinking, does that math sound right? I don't know. It almost sounds like a little edit. I have to go back and, and check yeah, that. Sometimes to, editors, edit that one out. Like, people will edit my work sometimes and I'll come back and I'll be like, they'll want to make it sound better, you know, and I, I don't blame them. I mean, I don't blame them at all. Oh, I'm looking at a hummingbird. Well, it'd be six it's times eight, so it'd be 48, right? What's that? Isn't that right? Six times eight? Six minutes times eight? Yeah, I guess that's... You are correct. What did. In my mind, I was just thinking eight hours, twice an hour, like that would mean that you would have to walk three minutes as soon as you got into the office. It's totally doable. I think the sentiment is there. Um, well, and which, just thinking yes. about ways to, to squeak in that, those little yeah. movement breaks that they really, it doesn't have to be an hour after work with your duffel right. bag at the gym. Correct. And I think that also too, you know, and I've posted things of the like on Facebook, book before about we have to like take breaks away from our the screen and I also in the book I mentioned the difference between sitting and screen time so a lot of people take their desk break and then take their screens right with them which means there is a zero break 
from the screen. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know yes, what I'm talking I about? Yeah. yeah. Um, and the screen is itself a separate risk factor for disease. So it's like, if you get out of the chair, if you took that screen with you, it's not the same thing as getting completely away from anything, but you can, when I was filming the don't just sit there video stuff, you know, everyone's, we actually shot during a work day. So I don't work in an office. I've really taken a lot of, um, pains to make sure that I don't starting as a teenager. I knew that wasn't going to be for me. But uh, we were filming in a working office and I was just like, I was going crazy being in this office for six hours. I, the air quality, um, the lack of light, I kept going, let's open these, let's open these sliding glass doors. And they didn't normally have them open because some people were cold and some people were hot. I mean, this is in California. This is in Malibu. Okay. The so weather really severe get, weather. Yes. The most perfect weather ever. And it's still on uh, temperature control. And I was like, for goodness sakes, let's either take sweaters on or off. Like, let's open this, get some fresh air. Everyone thinks and feels better. But I kept leaving. So I had to keep leaving filming to just go walk around the building. And there was like a tree and I would just hang from it for one minute. I mean, these breaks were two minutes long, maybe two and a half. But it was enough for me to keep, you know, essentially what is a headache at bay. I'm really prone to like work tension and stress. And I'm thinking a lot. And when you're filming, you're having to think on your feet. And the only way to get out of that was going outside and just, just moving around for a couple minutes. It wasn't, man, I need an, an hour off. I need to go meditate. I didn't have to do any of that. I just had to move for like a, a couple minutes outside and I was good to go. Which, and you say in your book that we get so overwhelmed by all the ways that we could improve that we feel paralyzed. We feel that if we don't do everything perfectly all at once, then we're taking a step backward. Yeah. And and you're just saying that one minute outside is enough to improve the situation. If you only went outside for one minute once a day, that would be a step forward. It would be a step forward. And also you mentioned about the whole, you know, pooping and taking your screen time with you. <laughs> um, I like that you could do that as long as it's not, as long as it gives you that free time away from the screen at another point in your day. Right. So if you want to go into the stall at work and answer those important emails, that's great if it keeps you from having to sit at your desk and do that. So I kind but of like doing, that. I mean, you're giving everybody wiggle room. You're even saying, yes, you can go do business on the pot if you want. Yeah, as long as you are not doing as long what I what I tried to delineate between in the book was, you know, for me, that was, I believe, a section on my personal story is a lot of times I will. I will use my handheld device when I'm in the bathroom doing a squat, if you will, on my squatty potty, because it frees me up from, I'm already sitting there, right? I'm, I'm already, I'm already sitting there. I'm already getting some unique joint loads. So I will take care of some business there if it saves me from having to be at my computer for the same amount of time. So if I'm on the toilet for three minutes and I can, you know, respond to a couple emails or delegate a couple tasks or, or return a, a few texts or whatever, um, I will do that. But I won't do that if I, I wouldn't sit on the toilet and play games or check my Facebook account. Right. I wouldn't use my break away from the screen to do something on another screen. I only do it if it saves me screen time or if it keeps, if it gives me more time with my kids being outside, because that's the whole reason I'm trying to work more in a, 
in that kind of fashion, which is like kind of a gorilla style, a gorilla style fashion. <laughs> or um, a gorilla style, depending on how you sit when you're Yeah, I guess maybe it's a little... <laughs> it's gorilla, gorilla when you're on your squatty potty. Yeah. So, you know, you need to, you just need to invent a new, new word for that. Yeah. Just combine the two. We'll just call it a bonobo style. How's that? I mean, I'm, I, I, the word crapper comes to mind, but I don't think it would. <laughs> no, it's not gonna. It's not gonna fly. I'm sorry. Okay, we are at the end of our time. I want to remind everybody: if you are staring at a, a little glowing rectangle or a big glowing rectangle, remember your eye breaks throughout the day, um, where you look out a window or go outside and and look at something far away and focus at it. I've been doing that for the last few weeks and what a difference it has made isn't it amazing oh and I just... boy and it just takes just a second it's just not even a whole minute if you want you know it's just 30 seconds and you know i i know that it's, it's in, in my, my book. book i taught you that however i didn't look outside at anything far away until you just reminded me right now the power of someone reminding you is is so great and you actually turned me on to that timeout software app Yes, that is a good one. That's for Macs, and you put a link to that, I think, on your blog or on, Facebook. Yeah, I put it on Facebook, yeah. and I also put it in the book because I found it so helpful. You could preset it just for eye breaks if you want to. Just It'll just kind of dim the computer and just look away. Yep, and it's free, which is fantastic. Right. There's all sorts of tools and technology that we can use to help us kind of get away from our technology. <laughs> It's so ironic, but wonderful. It, it's wonderful. You just got to use what's out there and do it well. Thank you so much for writing this book. I think we're going to talk more about it later just because I'm, I haven't got my geekness out. I'm still really excited <laughs> and I'm just kind of like wiping spittle off my mouth while I'm talking. So I'm so happy you wrote this book and I can't wait for its release. Well, after you watch the video, we'll send you the whole package and maybe we can do a show with like Q&A or something. That'd be great. Groovy. Thank you. So what are you, what are you going to do for a movement today? Because we're we're coming on mid morning for you. Um, well, I am in the process of buying a house. Really, and in Washington? Yeah, in Washington, and it's a it's a one hundred year old farmhouse on two and a half acres. Is this where you're living now? Yes, it's about a mile away, and it's got like ancient growth. I mean, ancient, well, it's not ancient. It's only a hundred years old, but um, it's got old fruit trees and it has an old garden that was established. So basically what we've been doing is work on the property. Like it's not really like, I'm not doing major, major heavy type stuff, but clearing, you know, all the berries are out clearing vines and um, moving hoses around to, to water stuff and, and doing extensive weeding and, and, you know, really things that are pretty natural in terms of movement, being outside, the kids are running around. Is this officially your house yet? It's not, we haven't closed escrow. Okay. But, but you're, um, you're on your way. I'm doing the labor. So if not, right. someone else is going to like way benefit from all my work. Although I've already benefited. So even yeah. if we don't get it, that's fine. But, but yes, it's um, supposed to be ours. Knock on wood. Super cool. Knock on old farmwood, which is what the house is made out of. Oh, it sounds like it's right up your alley. So. Yeah, it's it's really it's it's small. It's it's got a you know it's got heating. Anyway, I don't need to go on. But that's what I'm doing for movement. Will be this process of of getting of getting the land prepared, and we're getting turkeys and some sheep. Excellent. 
Turkeys are a hoot. Let's talk sometime about turkeys because I know some things about turkeys. That I bet I can you do. do. In fact, my next question about is going to be some sort of turkey fact that you oh, need to Oh, me. boy. Have I got a <laughs> slew of them. Gobble, gobble. Let's go. All right. Well, have a good rest of your day. You too. And I will talk to you later. All right. All right thanks, thanks so much, much Danny. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit Katie Bowman's edutaining blog, katiesays.com. For books, online classes, downloads, and continuing educational courses with Katie, visit the Restorative Exercise Institute at restorativeexercise.com. Her most anticipated book, Move Your DNA, will be available in September 2014. You can learn more about Danny Hemmett at moveyourbodybetter.com and dannyhemmett.com.